By nature, I mean, I was raised in an Asian household. I didn't get a compliment until I was like 20, 22. That was like a year after dropping out and, and then building a, a company. And prior to that, like when I was a kid, whether I was five, four, parents would make me cry all the time. Um, like get yelled at playing the piano, get yelled at for my Chinese grades. And I feel like I did get that level of bluntness from my parents, but their goal all along, which I, it also takes much longer to, like when you're, when you're growing up, you're kind of like, oh, my parents are so mean. Um, but like, and you see your white friends like hanging out and, and, and like my, my buddy next, my, my buddy next door is like third child. He like has no rules. He's allowed to eat Oreos. Welcome back to the Well Now What podcast. I'm your host, Savannah. Today's guest is Justin Say. And if you would follow along with my podcast, you'll know that this is the second episode that I've recorded with Justin. So Justin and I went to college together before he had dropped out. And when we recorded that episode, we didn't know each other too well. But now after working together for, I guess, almost a year, um, I definitely know him a lot better. And I was up working with him not too long ago. Obviously, COVID safe. And I thought it'd be nice to just record an episode in person and to catch up because a lot has changed in, um, you know, since last year. And it was actually so nice to do it in person and for everyone to have their own mics. And although I love, you know, doing this podcast, a lot of it's done through Zoom. Um, and I get to talk to a lot of amazing people. But in person, there's definitely that more real feeling to it just kind of sitting on the couch and just kind of having a conversation so i really love that also joining us in this episode that you might hear some little bit of background voices and they do eventually speak up um, are two of justin's employees so one of them's chris clark he's super talented he's justin's videographer and he does other freelance work and then as well as trevor good which is justin's right-hand man he's his business operations manager this episode is definitely a lot more off the cuff i really didn't have any questions plan we kind of just went with it we talk about what he actually enjoys filming and how much of it is you know for the money what he loves to do what will get the most clicks there's like a, a balance that's a little bit difficult there and being an entrepreneur at 23 years old making these big brand deals and big real estate purchases and what do people outside of the industry think of that hiring a team working with other people that are your same age and crossing that line of friends to co-workers so that was a really interesting topic that I didn't really that I've never really talked about with anyone working with close friends and being young feeling lonely being at the top how much he usually makes per brand deal Chris and Trevor talk about what it's really like to work with Justin and we also talk about his childhood so being raised in a primarily Chinese household so yeah I hope you enjoyed this interview and let's get straight into it Hi everyone, I'm here with Justin, and we're also joined by Chris and Trevor, so this is our second episode together. But for people who haven't heard your first episode, Justin, why don't you tell people who you are and what you do, and what has changed in the past year? Uh, so I make YouTube videos, I guess we review consumer tech, we do a little bit of um, home stuff, set up makeovers, a loft makeover, and I think in 2020 the biggest thing that's changed is we haven't really traveled anywhere which I guess is fine, um, but it's allowed us to set up this office loft uh, where we're recording right now and um, finally move out of working out of the condo every day. Um, didn't really get to use my, my air miles or anything this year, but I guess that's fine. So, Okay, first question for you. Out of 10, how would you say, like, how proud are you of the work that you've done so far? I would say... 
Yeah, opinion is that it seems like it's five. I'd say it's five to six. It's one of those. It's like at the midway point, but it's it depends on how you, how the scale is looked at. If it's what's missing, then yeah, it's um it's one of those things where when you're first starting out and you're able to reach a a milestone much earlier than you expected, then at that point in time, it's it's like a ten. But now that I've been doing it for ten years, you kind of look at the grand scheme of things, like throughout the length of the career it'd be great to hit a million subscribers but i mean um being able to purchase first few pieces of commercial property is something that i didn't expect at any point of of youtube so if it was five years ago um as a kid i was probably like being able to travel around and stuff was already pretty cool um but nowadays the the ultimate goal is um yeah to to be able to continue on with the current pattern for as long as possible so i'd say in this point in time um, six, I feel like we've been able to to gather a lot of resources and built a team and um, and like all the equipment that we wanted to use, uh, being able to travel with and work with pretty much every tech brand in the industry, and then now having a dedicated office space and ongoing projects. Uh, but at the same time, uh, after a decade, I think sub gain and uh, and the way we're learning the system and the algorithms is still something that is ongoing. So how would you measure your success? Is it based on numbers for you or is it the community you built, the people that you work with? Like what for you makes you feel complete? I think it's a I think it's a bit of both. Um, Numbers are always a good way to to measure where things are at. And I do believe like as a business person, numbers don't lie. Um, I feel like that's a very important way to set benchmarks for yourself, um, for the company and uh, and kind of look at things year by year but at the same time i also don't set goals based on numbers at the start of each year we don't like go into it because a lot of things can change like a year where you might spend more time on personal development uh, workflow and lifestyle systems maybe a year where revenue is a little bit lower but as a result of that the end goal is to to grow the business as a whole the following year after those systems have been established so I, I do believe I, I take a look at data all the time um, and we try to relay data with content, with workflow um, and just looking at the input output to time ratio is sort of um, how I use numbers to dictate kind of where the company is at. Mm-hmm. What about the other stuff, though, like building like this fan base, I guess, or community? Yeah, I think the the community is definitely um, it's developed over the years. It started out as a lot of um, like tech videos and I think we do see comments quite often of people who have said they almost saw me like grow up on the internet. They grew up with me. Um, they started watching the videos when they were 11 or 12 and just trying to find a, a love for tech. And now they've seen like the whole like home design, interior design and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they're kind of like, oh, it's cool to see like the development over the years, but I'm, I'm also moving out for the first time. And um, your content to this day is still um, something that I can relate to and learn a little bit from. So I feel like that's cool, like people who have really stuck around over the years. But um, I've also seen people say like YouTube channels, you have your original audience and you also have your new and accumulated developed audience that is more recent and watching your videos nowadays. And so I feel like we've built um, both our original tech viewers, the ones who had watched like the the start of um, like some of the shoe videos and the home design and also the condo videos nowadays, which um, I feel like is what has performed much better on the channel when we've bridged tech and home together. Mm -hmm. So when you're planning for the future, how much of it is what's going to make you the most money, what your audience knows, or like what you personally really love? So how do you kind of balance that? Because you've told me a lot that you don't really like being in front of the camera. So what do you actually enjoy doing? 
Yeah, I think um, with any job, there's always things that you like and don't like. Uh, I would say being like being able to talk in front of the camera is something that I've gotten used to and gotten better at over the years. Uh, it's just not like my favorite part of it. I don't feel like I have a great personality uh, in front of the camera. It's not exactly entertaining, um, but like podcast format is a lot more fun. I think I mentioned that quite a few times and why we started our podcast um, and it hasn't really returned. But yeah. Um, I would say for the most part in the YouTube world, you're always trying to, to fight for survival. It seems like, um, you're like, hopefully by the end of the year, we can keep up with the industry, reach this state, um, whether our content has developed in terms of quality or numbers on the YouTube side, specifically, you do focus on numbers a lot more. Uh, if your content has improved significantly, but the numbers haven't as a business, you do have to evaluate it and re-optimize it. So I feel like we try to balance that relatively well uh we take we try to make the best content possible try to keep it fresh um try to add new things and see what the viewers enjoy um, but at the same time the videos that we do make and ultimately the decisions that we make um from a planning standpoint are based on what the viewers watch because i feel like if you're on youtube and you're in an industry that is very following based there's just no point in creating content that seems to be losing but at the same time the personal enjoyment side is also a big factor a lot of youtubers create content that work for many years and it still works but they may not have they may not enjoy it as much anymore and we find that that has been the case with technology specifically where it used to be like we couldn't wait till we got to review the next phone but now it's like so what do you like to make though like what kind of videos do you uh, actually enjoy yeah. making yeah like lately i love doing condos like buying places and just gutting them, using the resources we have from the YouTube channel and bridging it with technology and just seeing the, the tangible progression of a space, uh, the business side and the budgeting side of trying to do a renovation, the, the vision of like walking in and seeing something that could be so much better. And whether or not it's a good investment, that's still going to be the test of time. But I do feel like uh, as I've gotten a little bit older, uh, that's the real estate and, and tech has become the hybrid that I want to do a bit more of. Mm -hmm. Do you have any regrets over the years or big failures that you've had with your with your business? Yeah, I think um, from a regret standpoint, it's it's more so um, at the given age, the mistakes that I may have made with the business were pretty expected didn't really know how to manage a business side. And it wasn't that I was getting ripped off. I mean, to a degree, I was taking deals that were uh, too low in budget, but it was more so the first time I had the opportunity to make money off content, I may have gotten a bit too greedy on it. And as a result, it hurt the long-term growth of the channel. And I think it took a year, a full year to realize that. And from then we kind of changed the way that we've done things. And I, I would say part of that is is realizing a change was needed but also partly luck because the year after we made changes we saw much better results and once you see the the differences between those years it encourages you, you to make better decisions and think more long term than i may have been at the time okay um i want to ask questions what people like most people wonder about influencers and content creators so like the money side of things so what would you say is like the average amount of what you would make on like let's say a social campaign versus like a YouTube integration. You don't have to say the exact amount, obviously, but what's like the ballpark? 
Yeah, it, it does really depend. Um, I would say Instagram has grown the most in the past few years. And um, like a lot of creators who have like 100,000 followers or more can can do anywhere from five to 10,000 and up on like a Instagram post and has like stories and all that. But it is really industry dependent. Um, the tech industry and lifestyle blend seems to be a niche that works very well. Whereas if you're just in tech, then the budgets are much lower. If you're in like beauty and fashion, it could either be very high or very low, depending on the tier of creator. Uh, when it comes to YouTube campaigns, it's the same thing. Uh, there's some industries where somebody with over half a million subscribers is is only charging like under five for a dedicated video or an integration. Whereas um, there are creators uh, over 500,000 subscribers who are um, regularly doing north of five figures on a dedicated video or also on integrations. So it it's kind of like... Um, some channels are able to perform very high from a numbers perspective uh, when it comes to views and they may not be able to generate very much in terms of sponsorship just because of the type of content. Um, the medium that we've tried to find is that we realize that our content is not always the best performing uh, because content and, and like production is not my strong suit and like building stories is also an area that I seem to lack in. So what are you good at? So why, do, why, what are you good at? What are, why are people watching? I think it's, uh, we're able to find a balance of crafted content um, between the business side, the topics that we choose, um, and also just like the basic structure of like, okay, like this type of video has worked well, let's try it again, let's try to adapt it in this certain way. And from a brand's perspective, they look at it as uh, there's only one creator uh, who consistently creates setup makeovers where we from start to finish build the furniture design the space add the technology uh, put it in a cinematic form um, I think finding series like that uh, is what we found has done the best and also the home videos I think uh, we do have an edge in the way we d decorate like spaces I mean one could argue that the places are very monochromatic they're not very exciting but in the tech industry there aren't many people who are into interior design and like remodeling and all that kind of stuff so i think uh, we realize that tech is not as like kind of our our boring form of content that people don't exactly enjoy as much um so we've tried to to find the the other side of it through through home design so where do you get your inspiration for like new videos do you collaborate with other youtubers are there other youtubers you um see yourself as like competitor comp competing with or yeah, I think um, in the tech space or in any industry, people are always going to watch each other's content and try to copy it to a degree. And I mean, that's the same with any business world. Uh, you look at something that works and you want to do something with it. And to any degree, it's going to happen. Uh, I think the goal is to find content that you want to copy and then see what you do better than your competitors and try to apply both ways. Uh, there's no real way to avoid um, repetition of content within the space. So yeah, um, I think we we try to look at inspiration from outside of our industry as well. We look at the home space and what people have done very well with that, the format of how they edit their videos, the TV style of editing for home makeovers is always very popular, before and afters and all that. And also like the editing style of travel films has also been an area of inspiration for tech videos. I think the speed ramps and the and that that's kind of the way that it have brought a little bit more excitement, um, the day in life and and the lifestyle element instead of just covering like numbers on a phone like specs and cameras and I think from watching videos of like public giveaways people really don't care or know what the numbers are on their on their phone they just um, they just see what works best what's comfortable what's easy to use what they've used in the past and so that's kind of where we've played with in terms of tech.
Mm-hmm. So we're sitting in this beautiful office and you've built a really cool team. So for people that don't know you, how would you say it's like working for you? And then we can get maybe some of your favorite employees to <laughs> say their experience working for you. Yeah, so um, it's we've been moving here for about a week, and uh, I think when I started YouTube, it was in uh, it was at my parents' house. I was in middle school, just like filming in the bedroom uh, and built sets from there. Eventually, took over the study room, uh, which was just another bedroom. Put my desk there, and then eventually, I rented the basement from my parents uh, to put all the products and just a whole mess down there. Built an office, had buddies like in and out, like working for me during school, and then um, in university decided to drop out, ended up um, moving out during university and used the master bedroom to make my YouTube videos. I think when I was thinking of what the next five years of the company was gonna be, I think the first thing in our workflow was if the team wanted to grow any more than two or even when we have Chris over and editing, the house gets extremely crammed. One person's working in the dining room. Two people are working in the office. Um, There's like the kitchen in the middle with all of our tech products. And so when I was looking at it, I think the first viable thing I saw was like, we need our own space. So started the hunt, commercial spaces, residential spaces. And I've always liked the look of like residential places just because like for filming um, in the tech world, you don't want to build like sets that look like they're not in a home. You want to give that kind of comfortable set and perspective when you're delivering your content so i wanted to build like a lounge or an area that was relatively versatile and just for work Uh, so ended up finding a two-story loft desks are on the top for workstations and then downstairs we have our lights equipment and uh, the living room set that we're sitting in right now we can have some friends over watch tv eat some food at night um and then in the back room it's like a filming set but what is it like to work for you you're really good at avoiding answering the the question What, what would you say it's like working for you? What kind of manager are you? It takes, uh, it takes a lot of um, like an understanding period. I am relatively blunt and um, very quick to deliver information <laughs> in a very direct way. And I don't think there's any way to, to change that. It's always kind of been like that. Um, feel like uh, a lot of times I have troubles focusing on one task so running around somebody who might ask for one thing I'd like half answer it and then I'm running around trying to do something else um, the attention span is relatively low um, and also as like a as a new business owner a lot of it was like a learning experience of like not understanding people as well initially and like whether they felt like they were undertrained overtrained um, and so I yeah I think it definitely is um it's different. Um, I personally have never worked for anybody either. So I feel like I, I do need to find like mentors that have run companies and, and kind of learn what the best way to, to do that is. Um, what I've been running YouTube as for the longest time was just as a sole proprietor entrepreneur doing every single thing on my own. Um, so I think now is like the phase where we're trying to, to develop a more efficient team and, uh, and a workflow that allows us to produce better content, more frequency, more organized, and a more divided lifestyle um, that still mostly involves work, but at least has has some degree of separation to it. It must have been hard to learn how to delegate and let things go. Because like this business, it's like your name is on it. If someone messes up on the team, yeah. it falls back on your ass. It's definitely been handed off like a little bit more lately. And it was kind of a case of either I care too much or I don't care at all. Um, like some... Some areas of the of workflow I, I wasn't really putting enough attention to, um, and others I was maybe worrying about too much and it didn't exactly matter. 
but I think um, yeah, it's uh, going from from a small team to a larger team, and and everything is it's uh, in this like week alone. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of learning and ensuring everybody has their questions answered and their tasks uh, set out is something that I am still continually working on. Um, but yeah, uh, I'd love to hear Trevor and Chris's kind of very yeah for sure. I was gonna I'm just gonna add something. It's interesting though because I've always worked in in corporate and I've never worked with people my own age like the company that I'm at everyone's 35 and plus so being with people that are my age is really refreshing um but also yeah it's it's interesting because with corporate there's so many like different regulations and workflows and you're just like so straightforward and I love how fast-paced it is but it was definitely an adjustment because you're you're definitely blunt but like I like that feedback I feel like some people wouldn't you know they would kind of clash with that but on a scale of uh, on a scale of one to ten, what would you say um, my leadership and organization skills are at? In two different two different ratings. We'll let everybody give that rating. It's interesting because like most of like when I've been working from you, it's been like from a distance and it's been texting, and I've been gotten really good at understanding what you're trying to say because the way you text is like words. It's like here, there, YouTube, and like different ideas all into one. It's like OCD into like a text. Yes. And I type really fast, so it's like, it's just a big chunk and like five of them, and then I disappear for two days. Yeah, honestly, at the beginning, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about when you would like sign all these texts? But I, I got used to it, and you know, you kind of just get used to that workflow. But I'm curious to know what you guys think working with Justin. You dodged the rating question on organization. Oh, rating leadership. Okay. <clears throat> I would say as a leader, you are or no organization i feel like you're not so high and the under five chris is gonna have a good uh under five <laughs> it's organized chaos like i like we we always finish our work and nothing's like no client deliverable i can say like has ever been late you know i'm gonna give you a compliment sandwich so i think you um are really good working with partners you deliver on time but maybe you're you can't really focus as well in one task, so that's the insult, I guess. But your leadership skills, um, they're not bad. Like you, you care about you know what your what your people are doing, and you're making sure they're on task. So that's my compliment sandwich for you. No, I will not give a rating. <laughs> it's organized chaos. Stuff gets done, but behind the scenes, uh, is this is this set up like? I mean, you, you did come in a week where I would say we're a little bit more organized, but when you came in, were you like? Like, holy crap, this is exactly what I expected. Uh, yeah, yeah, like was it, like the way we work, was it like, wow, this is exactly what I expected? Like Justin's like running up and down the stairs 10 times, like cussing at the Phillips Hue bar. And then, and, and then he, five seconds later, he's like quietly color grading in the corner. And then he's sitting on the stairs eating his lunch. And then he goes to Dangerfield and then just comes back. If I hadn't worked for you previously, like even though it's been from a distance, I think I would have been like, what the fuck is going on? There's a lot, but... I, but I, yeah, I know. I can imagine. I can imagine. But you're you're a hustler, and it's it's like it's fast paced. It's good because like the companies I worked for previously, it's been really really slow. And you're not. And I feel like the work that you're doing, you're getting instant gratification. Like you're working with big companies, and you're you're getting to get really involved. It's more like a startup feel, I would say. Yeah, instant gratification or instant uh, instant hurt off the video going up, and you see the the rating come up i know i don't yeah i don't know how you don't get it too attached with numbers like for me just releasing this you podcast upload so many videos you just gotta like you gotta move on to the next one 
Yeah. You can't get attached to anything. And I think that's a problem with some of the creatives that have worked with me in the past. They felt like we may not have appreciated the content as much. And it's because when you spend so much, every time you spend more time on one project, it takes away from the amount of time that you do the other 10. And you're like rapid firing content all the time. So as soon as the travel film was uploaded, if it was a week overdue, um, we were two videos behind on the business and brand side. Uh, so I think now is the fun part where Trevor and Chris, and I think Chris who's lived with me and work with me, but I feel like you un you understand stuff pretty quick, which is why you still get invited back. I, have a, I guess I have a question for both of you guys. Like, you know, the line of like being friends and working together, but then also Justin is, you know, your boss and he's like, he is paying you. So how do you guys kind of balance that since you spend so much time together, you know? You can roast him, you can compliment him. Oh, introduce yourself, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm Chris. Um, what do you do, Chris? Run. Well, I, I come generally when things are chaotic for Justin. I, I come and help on the video side, keep things organized, and uh, yeah, produce produce the video side so you can take a step back and focus more on the business side, I guess. Uh, I mean, generally given where I work, I work in the film industry, so I work with a lot of my friends. Um, so to me, it's not abnormal by any means. Um, and I met Justin first last year, I guess, on a work basis. You were two hours late on the first day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's definitely two uh, clashing personalities. <laughs> I um, I generally think of myself as somewhat organized and a little too early, and Justin's on the other side, but I think it complements each other pretty decently. But, I mean, hell, it's pretty fun working with Justin. So generally speaking, I like to pull in as many tasks as possible and just, like, overload every single thing. And then when you come in, you're, you're at least able to, to like, straighten things out a little bit and like we should work on this first we should prep this should this be done and I think the thing that's different about about the way you work is that you actually know how long each thing takes and you're able to meet the deadlines because in the past the reason why I get so frantic frantic and the stuff just gets punched out is because if I handed it off to somebody else they would tell me it could be done at a certain time but it never gets done so I know I had to be the one who's making sure so at least like yeah when I when I tell Chris I like it's like at a kitchen we have all these deadlines there's customers waiting and I said Chris I think at some point you left for a week and I said hey we got 16 more videos to do um in two weeks uh, do you guys not get overwhelmed or do you yeah. get overwhelmed and like do you vocalize that with Justin because I talked about with Justin last time burnout and he doesn't believe in it he's just like you just yeah. keep going can't take a break and I'm sure I don't know what your mind is at with that. I just wanted to pop in and say that if you like this episode, follow me on Instagram at wellnowwhatpodcast, leave a review on Apple Podcast, and subscribe to the listening platform that you use so you can stay up to date with my episodes. Now back to the interview. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting perspective for sure. I definitely believe in burnout. I've definitely experienced it a couple of times. Um, so to, to push through it, I can understand, but I also understand that burnout is very real. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely vocalize when things are insane. Like last, I guess it was uh, right before Christmas when all the campaigns were coming out and it was like two to three videos a day, shooting and editing, May probably two. And uh, things were crazy. Like it was like up at six, seven shooting until, you know, four or 5 p.m. and then editing right through to maybe one or 2 a.m. And then it was a cycle of that for two weeks. Definitely crazy, but and then we, yeah, we opened the retail store at the same time, or Justin did. So what part is rewarding for you? Um, no, I think it's... <laughs> no, it's fine if it's the money. That's, no, that's fine. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's good because I come in, I come in and out. So I, I, I'm here for, you know, five days at a time, two weeks at a time. Um, so for me, it's never too much on the workload. And it's just, it's a balanced 
work style, I guess, with Justin, because it's, it's a lot of screwing around, but at the same time, it's always productive. It's like we're, we're working, you know, 16 hours a day, but it never feels like you're working 16 hours a day. Everything just like, there's times where it seems like Justin is not doing much, but then like at the same time, he's doing a couple videos, <coughs> editing numerous deliverables. So it's hard to like judge that. And I think Chris did it well, where it's like, well, Justin will work 16 hours a day. Is it all work? It doesn't maybe seem like that, but usually it does. It's furthering his brand or business. So you're the, is your title operations manager? Yes. Yes. So are you kind of like the fun police? So when like Justin, you know, you kind of got to give him like the break if he, you know, or like if he's like not focusing, you got to keep him back on track. Well, yeah. So I joined in September of 2019, which sounds like ages ago. But yeah, it was interesting because right away there wasn't a real role carved out for me because Justin has always had a second person with him, but they've always filmed. Meanwhile, I'm not a creative, so it was kind of interesting and it was always a balance of what stuff I was working on. And then now I would say it's, it's kind of interesting because while working with him as a friend, if he'd call me that, uh, <laughs> essentially, it, it's cool because it's so transparent and I get to see everything that goes on and how everything grows and just how the business evolves. But yeah, it's kind of interesting to see just how much he works and then how not all of it seems like work. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like you're part of like the, the channel? Like it, Justin isn't just one person. Do you feel like you're, you know, well, you have ownership there? The uh, Well, ownership, no. I don't feel like I have ownership. Do I feel like I'm a part of it? Yes. Um, obviously, it's a Justin Say channel, so like I, I'm not in the videos or anything, but I feel like I contribute. Um, and yeah, I, I, like I said, what I just feel like he's more of a business than a YouTube channel, so that's why I like working for him and all that, because if he was just a YouTuber who didn't really know how to grow anything or kind of renovate and come up with good ideas, to make money in other ways, I wouldn't be as motivated to work. Okay, so yeah, you talked about things that you like. I'm gonna put you on the spot. What don't you like working for Justin? I would say, so as Justin said, he likes to be blunt or he just is blunt. Usually that's fine, I understand it. And as he said, it takes a while to understand because, or as you said, he'll text like one word and like you just either understand it or you don't and he expects you to understand it. But yeah, he's very blunt. You won't really get a compliment. Uh, and usually that's fine. But sometimes if it's just like constant negativity, it's like, Jesus Christ, like, can you do anything right? But at the same time, that's just how he is. So like, I can't yeah. ask for that to change. So it's just like, okay, whatever. Like it's it's funny at the end of the day is because he'll, he'll shit on you and you're like, okay, and then like at least I can kind of talk back which is kind of funny and that would never happen in the corporate world so yeah it's kind of weird but yeah definitely kind of a cool job could you ever imagine yourself going back into like a corporate kind of job Uh, I don't know I wouldn't want to because like if I was at the bottom of a ladder of like just a marketing job or I don't know administration I, I feel like it would kind of bother me or like I don't know. It wouldn't be as transparent. I wouldn't be right next to like the top of the business and everything. So I think it would be kind of, it just wouldn't be the same. So I'm not too sure.
I think like one of the things though is too like yeah it's like it, it, the 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 title on there is like a operations manager but being the only member for for a year uh, you were able to have like hands-on directs like for example the place we're sitting in right now I was like uh hey Trevor I want to buy this place and the but the what's it called the mortgage broker was like we need all your financials and I go to Trevor and I say I need all the financials for the past year and without him preparing 400 undocumented receipts um, that were later found and on like sorted all all that that's like a direct impact like without that we wouldn't get the mortgage none of this would be like there so I know like corporate they I feel like like from the outside it looks like there's barriers of your own department and people's skill levels are much higher than than that and the reason why I like having a small team is like some people might not like it they might feel like they're getting floated to too many tasks at once but I feel like everybody can at least do a little bit of little bit of everything and get involved with every little bit of the process they're not really restricted to to one role exactly yeah like for for example like i'm in marketing the companies that i've been in you you're kind of just stuck in marketing you don't get to go into like like yeah project management be much more creative and that's where you like learn more software try new things take a look at back-end data that sometimes there may not be access to unless you ask and and even like so like yeah i think um the fun part about having a small company and like a lot of times working with friends, even though I've been advised not to um, by by some people, um, is that in our BCom program they kept repeating that over and over: don't work with friends or family, over and yeah, over. I think that's the best thing ever. Yeah. But I think it's just fun. Like we keep it we keep it super light. I think I do go like very far. Like it's it's full on just everybody's we're just chirping each other all day and especially chris like you might see us like we're like chris why at least this clip isn't messed up or all that but he's a better videographer than me we just like we just see it just so he like looks around for a second and tries to decide if that was like an actual piece of criticism or if it was a complete joke in my time working with you i don't think i've once heard you say oh that wasn't bad i think it's always been negative but i think we definitely i mean i definitely understand that it's all generally positive unless it's really bad yeah, yeah, he does. He does enjoy uh, egg and meal. But he keeps bringing you back, so clearly he loves your work. Or maybe you're the only one that's available. I don't know. But I don't know. It's 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 fun for sure. But yeah, it's it's definitely like a, a lot of negative. But you realize that it's all positive in the end, which is nice. So would you say you're overall just in like a really negative person? And why do, why are you so negative? Who hurt you? <laughs> I wouldn't say like negative. I just, I wouldn't say I'm negative, but I always, but I feel like, um, but I feel like if things go, if things are going well, then, then that's the way it should be. And that the only thing worth bringing up, because I do talk a lot, but I feel like most of the time we want to, we want to strive for forward progression in any way that we can, we can improve. So like by nature, I mean, I was raised in Asian household. I didn't get a compliment until I was like 20, 22. Um, and that was like a year after dropping out and, and then building a building a company and, and all that stuff. Um, but like prior to that, like when I was a kid, whether I was five, four, uh, parents would make me cry all the time. Um, like get yelled at playing the piano, get yelled at for my Chinese grades and school grades every single time. And like, yeah, so I feel like I did get that level of bluntness 
from my parents, but their goal all along, which I, it also takes much longer to, like when you're, when you're growing up, you're kind of like, oh, my parents are so mean. Um, but like, and you see your white friends, like, hey, you know, and, and, and like my, my buddy next, my, my buddy next door is like third child. He like has no rules. He's allowed to eat Oreos. I had the weird dynamic because my dad is is Chinese and like that whole side is exactly how you described. And then my mom is French Canadian, which is all like lovey dovey, touchy and like you're doing great praising me. So I was like stuck in between. So growing up, I was like so confused. How do I act? Like, am I supposed to be blunt? Am I supposed yeah. to be more like forward? Like my parents are, I mean, they're, they're strict, but they're they're definitely adaptive. Like they a lot. Of, I got probably got away with a lot of like crappy grades like all through school um but like my dad doctor so he he had good grades and like education was was everything um and so there's definitely um I was most most of the time it was my mom doing the doing the (laughs) the the role of yeah the the role of having a and my dad kind of just sat back like okay mom's already gotten mad at him a few times and that kind of thing um but when you get a little bit older you realize it was just because they had very very high standards and and um and I feel like that's what I've applied to the company and I've explained to a lot of people like that's just the way it works I'm trying to do we're always trying to do better we're still young you can't really settle back and you want to there's still so much time in the industry and so much time to try to keep this going, um, especially in a high maintenance industry like YouTube. Um, some people, like some people, respect it. Some people think it's good, and they're like, "Oh, like it's it's like relatively direct." While others just see it as negativity. Yeah. What about the people outside of the industry? Like, I remember I was talking to my sister today, and I was saying, like, you're 23, you you've got all these properties and like the business and everything, but she has no idea of like the kind of content creator influencer world. So, what do people think? outside of it like when you're going to buy those properties like are those real estate agents being like are you kidding are they taking you seriously like how do people act outside of your world oh for sure like I th- as soon as you have that as soon as you like, even at this age when you're going to buy stuff you don't really get like the which i mean i can understand it from the business side like you're used like there's been scenarios in the past where people waste your time on a certain demographic and um and so there's like these preset stereotypes of people who are young like that kind of thing um I think from the outside, a lot of people don't think YouTube or social media is a business as a whole. And I feel like in a lot of cases, it isn't like the way it's run, the way it's structured. Um, but I feel like the way and that we put things together, uh, it is a media company at its core. We're selling ad slots. The only difference is instead of selling ad slots and taking commission from ad slots that are sold on other platforms and TV, we have our own platform that's large enough to sustain a larger retained budget within the company by advertising back on our own platforms. So, yeah, when you go to buy properties, I think both times a mortgage broker who I, who I like, he's very direct and he doesn't like tell me like, I've got you covered. I think I can do this. He told me both times, like, I don't think I can make this happen. He's like, this is going to be a tough sell. Both times came back, got me a mortgage on, on them and a pretty good deal to go with it. And, um, but I, I know like in his case, he's like, there's no way like he's about to buy a second place in the same year uh, after after the other one and um so I, I respected the fact that it's very transparent but like even like sometimes you're going to shop for countertops and walk in and nobody's really helping you and that's the same with like nice cars a lot of times um yeah and even like some some real estate showings the other agent just really like as soon as they showed up they looked at us like we we're completely there to waste their time and like and like with a corporate you're ready to put 20 to 25 percent of a down payment on there um and so yeah i mean it's i'm not like frustrated by it i i can understand it but at the end of the day if somebody 
gives off the wrong vibe, I, I, I won't do business with them if I don't have to. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've I've interviewed a lot of females actually on my podcast, and a lot of them experience imposter syndrome. I'm not sure if you know what that is, where it's like you're not really you know confident in what you're doing, or maybe you think I shouldn't be like getting all these properties, making this this much money, and all these deals. Do you ever experience like a lack of confidence just based on your age or how people treat you? Uh, not exactly. Like the way people treat me uh, is relatively blunt and like, like just personality wise. Is it just fake it till you make it or where did you learn to like, you know, stand your ground and be like, I should be taken seriously about this? I don't really like it. If, if uh, whether people want to take it seriously or not, it's it's not really my concern. I think uh, if the work and like, I mean, we do have the advantage of like the work in the past, the numbers and, and like people look at that and they don't really look at age as much. But when you first start, there's there's obviously like a 13 year old kids trying to make a video for us and and like trying to work for Best Buy. I applied to Best Buy like four times when I was 14 and I felt like I had a lot of knowledge in tech and I felt like it was because of the age and it looked like I was five years younger than I was. Um, but I think, um, yeah, in terms of Imposter syndrome can be looked at in a few different ways. Uh, I think the benefits of that is goes along with just always it, it motivates you to to keep questioning what you're doing. Like, do I deserve this? How long is this going to go for? Yeah. Do you do you ever step back and look like, holy shit, I've built all of this and I'm 23. Or you just don't take the time to think about it. Yeah, kind of. But I also understand that at 23, a lot of people are just entering the workforce. And um, and it's I still got I still got to like the challenge is almost in having to keep this going for the next 10 years. Um, that's the hard thing. Like I, I always think of it as like, is my, is this the best it's ever going to be? Like, am I ever going to, but do you ever look inward to yourself and like, do you ever feel proud of what you've done or it's just pushing forward? Like, I'll just like, okay, this is nice. Whatever. Uh, we'll go find something else to be excited about kind of thing. Um, try not to get too caught up in, in, um, in that. Otherwise, are you ever worried though? Like, let's say you're like, you make it to like David Dobrik, those kind of people that are just kind of huge Casey Neinstadt. Do they ever, do they just like not get excited by anything anymore? Does like, does everything kind of lose meaning? Are you worried about that? I think I, I, think I get that even now. Like, I'm not excited. Like, obviously, like material, I like to buy stuff, but I'm not, I, I wouldn't say like, if my watch got lost or whatever, it's not, it doesn't affect me. It's, I don't really like to attach emotion to material things like little things get you excited for a few minutes like tech checking out new tech playing with that or like that's cool that kind of thing I wouldn't say I'm attached to material I do like cars and houses and all that but I think the fun in that is seeing the progression of of like going and having a vision like I think I can do something with this space um <clears throat> I would say the things that keep me excited is like in the content like there's sports you always have like something to look forward to and unexpected. And I think an ideal lifestyle would be to be able to sit down watch some sports each weekend and just, just chill with that. And, um, maybe a little bit of travel. And so I, I think, um, I feel like being gifted things like constantly over the years, like for me, I got like my first package last year and I was hyped. It was literally like a yeah. bar of fucking soap or something. And I was so excited. So I can't imagine what it's like to just constantly getting good. stuff first few times you definitely get really really excited and eventually um you look at products a little bit differently it's like you still get a little bit excited if you asked me at the end of last year i would have rather had an empty house than all the crap that came in at the same time um after it was all said and done i just wanted an empty house that i could that i could live in and watch tv without having sitting on products 
kind of thing. So yeah, I think nowadays we definitely approach it a little bit differently. It used to be very product based and I want to buy this, buy that. But I think even at this age right now, I know I have everything that I, that I need and want. I don't really want any more. The Dobrik level, they, they get excited about like weirder stuff. They're not excited about like just the general material things. And I, and I totally understand that. I feel like it's quite lonely being at the top. I mean, I'm nowhere near the top, so I don't think I can be asked that question. No, but even just people like like Dobrik or whatever, it must be quite lonely. Like, do you strive to be like someone like him to that success level, or? Yeah, I think you always strive to be the best in your in your industry. Um, but eventually, you do find projects that, like, when the company like they're at the point where everything's on autopilot and any content they put, we're nowhere near that. We're still very much trying to calculate the algorithm and and fight against that. Um, so I think, yeah, when you get there, I like just pr- just foreshadowing. I predict that at that state, you have a little bit more of a peace of mind. But at the same time, fighting to stay at the top is is not exactly fun either so would you want to retire early or do you think you'd get really bored i think i would get really bored but i do like working on projects that are just like purely for fun we kind of just like clothing and food and that kind of stuff and you have your day-to-day so i think i do like the being able to run a lot of things just because i mean doing one thing all the time is a little bit boring i think you want to find your bread and butter your main industry your main product and then have some little side projects that are that are fun that you feel like you can apply your skills to. Um, so, I mean, looking further down the road, I can see myself wanting to invest in real estate, buying more companies and being like an advisor to it based on experience from previous years in the content and, and business space. So I feel like that would be like a good way to change up the day-to-day a little bit more. Okay, for your for the audience that like doesn't know you, what is maybe like three things that people wouldn't really get um, from you just based off your videos and social media? I would say like in the videos, they don't really get the the general personality. Like on videos, I'm very, I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm scripted. I, I do like wing it, but it's, they don't get like the, the, the office banter that I, I think would be prime off office content, like for, for vlogs and stuff. If that was just like caught on the wire every day, I think it's pretty funny. And we have a good dynamic out here that if it was like a, not a reality show, but if it was like a vlog, I think people would be like, this is like funny stuff to watch. Like we're curious what you guys do, but I feel like the stuff we do all the time is a little bit boring just because I'm doing it for a while. Um, so I would say the personality, just like try to be funny and um, and direct. I think the bluntness is also something that's missing because in my YouTube videos, the content drags on for 15 to 20 minutes. Um, so yeah, I think those two things. And I think a lot of times people also don't understand the work that goes on behind the scenes that we put in. People love, especially like with an algorithm based space like YouTube, where people are finding your videos for the first time. And if a video is doing well, then it's people outside of your audience. They love to comment like, oh, like, oh, your parents bought all your stuff. Um, I mean, being Asian doesn't help either. Um, But their parents bought that or you don't make enough money to buy this or you shouldn't have that or you don't deserve that, like that kind of thing. Um, I think they don't see the amount of commitment that goes into this over the last 10 years. Like, it's never stopped every single day we're editing we're filming we're thinking about it we're doing admin um so i think that's that's one area that i wish people could understand um like i'm not trying to say we're the youtubers like we're, we're, we still have a lot of work to do but i do feel like we put in a reasonable amount of work in the last uh 10 years which is why the imposter syndrome is not as like I, I know how much time that has been put into it and how much like lifestyle sacrifice that may have gone into that so i'm not I can see why people think that from the outside. Like a lot of times I see some somebody with something and I'm like, and 
I don't see all the work they put into it. And my first impressions may be the same. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, for me, like I didn't never really saw the back end or the behind the scenes of how you guys film stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't understand like that much work was like seeing you guys the past few days that much work for like a few shots for like this, you know, this loft That's makeover. When Chris is here. I always make fun of him for putting too much effort into clips that are like 20 minutes into a video. No, yeah, but it shows you guys are doing you guys are doing really good work. I'll, I'll let's wrap it up because I think we're probably rambling now. But thanks so much for coming on. I feel like this is probably like a therapy session for you. Me just grilling you. But thanks again for coming on. And thank you, Chris and Trevor, for giving your two cents. It's on brand. The grilling part is uh, it's on brand. Wait till we have four mics, and it's just going to be like yelling, and somebody's going to have to be muted. And that was Justin, Chris, and Trevor. This was such a fun episode. As I said earlier on, I love doing them in person. I can't wait for the day that like it would be my dream to just have a studio and people can just come in. But I'm thinking more like people sitting on the couch, grabbing a glass of wine or whatever drink you prefer and just kind of hanging out. That's, that is my um, end goal. But anyways, if you like this episode, follow me at, on Instagram at wellnowatpodcast and let me know what you thought. And check out Justin's videos if you haven't seen them. He recently released his um, tech loft makeover, which was really cool. 